Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Now, one of my great regrets... Oh, it's a massive regret, actually. Never following through with my studies in school when it comes to European languages. I had the opportunity to study both French and Spanish. I went along to the class. I was there back and forward. I never listened. I never did my homework. And I was glad to uh, get out of the classes and go and do something else entirely different. What a mistake that was. And I'm sure a lot of people who are my age do regret not learning a European language. It looks like as if, however, the opportunities that I had are probably not going to exist in the future for kids of this modern age. And that seems bizarre when it is much more, when Europe is much more accessible, regardless of Brexit, Europe is much more accessible than it was when when I was a a youngster. Let me speak to Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Jonathan, good morning. Good morning, Frank. You are a director with the British Council for Northern Ireland, Jonathan. You carried out the research here. Well, what is it? What what have you been finding? Yes, Frank, that's correct. Um, this is the first time the British Council in Northern Ireland has carried out this language trends research, and for us, it really was just looking at what is the current picture of language learning in Northern Ireland schools, and how is it higher languages faring. So it's actually quite um, disappointing, you know, reading in in terms of languages. They they are continuing to decline, um, and there's some you know marked declines, particularly in French in, in A level and GCSE. But for us, you know, we, there are things we can do about this, and you know, we, we have to look at the, the positives and what we can do uh, in terms of encouraging language take-up, but also looking at the positives of language uh, in the classroom. But why is there such a, a fall away from the young people studying it? Because like, everyone's back and forward to mainland Europe now. Everyone's got friends who are from France or Spain. Whereas when I was a youngster, you might have gone on one holiday. You might have. And it might, might not have even been an annual holiday. You may have gone like two or three times in a decade to somewhere like France, but you were still encouraged to learn the language. I have many friends who are fluent speakers of, of French and Spanish. I so regret not availing of the opportunity that I was given free of charge at school. Why, why are the kids coming yeah, away from it now when it seems like something that you totally should be doing? That's correct. Now, this, this survey was across both uh, primary schools and post-primary schools across Northern Ireland. And the teachers are telling us and the schools are telling us um, that the post-primary 
um, that you know there are difficulties. People see that perceived difficulties in in learning languages, and there are also some teachers have been telling us that they they don't see a connection between languages and careers. And you know, really, our job is to try to to unpick that and to look at what we can can do about that. Um, in in primary schools, it, it's slightly different. Um, people are saying there's not enough uh, specialist language teachers in, uh, for primary schools. Um, so it's different between primary and post-primary. Um, you know, it's it's something that you know, for us we can do something about. You know, the British Council is committed to languages. We have so many programs which encourage the, the take up of languages and also you know connections across Europe. There are programs where schools in Northern Ireland can, can link with schools across the EU and, and broader. Um, where languages can be a, a focus of that um, that, that project, um, and also mobility. We have programs where teachers and students can, you know, visit schools in other parts of the world. So there are opportunities there, and maybe part of it is really ensuring that those are, those messages are getting out to schools. We all have a responsibility in that, including us here in the British Council. Well, let's hope they're listening, and let's hope the Education Authority continues to encourage languages, and that young people uh, choose to follow through, unlike myself. I want to speak to Sharon Jones, a senior lecturer in education across the Stranmillis University College. Hello, Sharon. Good morning, Frank. So, Sharon, you will be bilingual, multilingual. What are your specialist areas when it comes to language? Well, I have three languages. My own language, English and French and Spanish, Frank. But you're absolutely right. Languages matter enormously. And it's, just, it's never too late to get back to language study. So your next project is waiting for you, Frank, to get, get back to um, contact some of those friends again and, and pick up your language study. But I think basically in Northern Ireland, um, this is a really important report published today by the British Council. And basically what we're seeing, the message is very clear, it's a little bit too little too late in Northern Ireland. Um, about half of our primary school children get no language provision at all, unlike their counterparts right across Europe and right across the UK region. And it's not really fair for our children in Northern Ireland. There's a real lack of equity there that some children are getting a great deal. There's great work going on in many schools in Northern Ireland, but many children, too many children, are missing out. Absolutely. And the suggestion in the conversation with Jonathan with some teachers are, it, it, who are advising on careers are saying that languages may not be of great benefit to you in looking for a career. How inward looking is that? I actually know a person who has a couple of children. The children are now uh, fully grown up and they are uh, off in the big world, but they're only in their 20s. And they are from a bilingual family whereby one member of the family is from a European country. So the child grew up speaking that language. That child at 27 years of age is earning £52,000 a year in a job that uh, the young person may not have got if they didn't have the fluency in that overseas language. So, you know, it definitely helps with careers. That, that's right, it helps with careers, but it also helps, um, very importantly, with building children's communication skills, their confidence, their awareness of other cultures, and that's increasingly important in Northern Ireland. In our primary schools in Northern Ireland, we have over 90 languages being spoken with all the cultures that those languages represent. So it's really important that our children um, understand that the world is bigger than Northern Ireland, and that there are more languages than either English or Irish. 
Um, it's important for the economy, it boosts language learning, boosts literacy skills, and importantly, it raises aspiration um, in young people. And primary schools in Northern Ireland, that's, that's really important. But the key thing, um, Frank, really, is that um, unlike other regions of the UK and um, many of our counterparts across Europe, in our curriculum in primary schools, there's no statutory requirement for primary schools to provide language learning opportunities for children. So some schools do a great job and children are winners in those schools and some schools provide nothing. So really I think we need that's one of the, the starting points. Um, this is an important report today. We really need to respond to it and one of the important places to start is showing curriculum leadership. Teachers need a framework, they need a guidance and um, we, we, they need to be, be given that. But if they um, can't afford, as, uh, if they can't afford to do it at primary school level, surely it's okay to start learning at eleven. But we we can afford to do lots of other important things at primary school. This is a matter of um, recognizing the, um, the the value and the importance of language learning, and it is possible. But we need to work together as a region. Um, it, we need a joined up approach between government, between. Um, uh, education department, but also in initial teacher education, which is where 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 I'm based. Um, we need to build up teachers' um, language skills, and in my view, the best place people to teach languages in primary schools are qualified primary classroom teachers who know the needs of children um, at that age and who know the curriculum. Um, and but also, they must have great language skills. So, as Jonathan has mentioned. Um, in both uh, B Ed primary programs at Stramolis and St Mary's, our sister college, um, there are lively Erasmus Plus and, and international mobility programs. So our students in year three can spend a year, uh, sorry, semester or a year, in fact, um, in Spain, Germany, China, Hong Kong, for example, in my own college, because we have links right across the world, and we encourage our students to upskill in their in their languages when they're there. Um, the difficulty is um, un- unless languages are included in the primary curriculum and um, we're not as empowered as we need to be to take this forward um, okay. in a really excellent way. Okay, so w- one final question. This is the probably the, the toughest one of all. The research shows that the young people feel the exams in languages are very, very difficult. Why, why, why are they so challenging the exams? Surely learning the language is more important than being tested within, you know, a, an inch of your life with regards to what you know about the culture of the country through the language. Is, is, is learning the language not an easier thing to achieve than the in-depth examination of the language during the test? Frank, you're absolutely right. We need fresh thinking around that. We need we need to um, this this report makes us sit up and think about, about, about what, we're, what we're doing. A lot of work does need to be done around this area. I mean, one positive attitude can be um, encouraged by starting language learning younger. We know that at even at nursery school age, children are very open to um, very active language learning um, and. They're like little sponges, they, they, they soak, soak it up. So um, if we have positive mindsets developed at that age and then importantly, carefully thought out transition between primary and post-primary school, um, and it needs to be regional, it needs to be right across the board. We need to, we need to think about the needs of our children. Um, they, they do need to enjoy learning something, to do it well. Um, but they do need these really important global skills that children and young people in other regions of the UK and right across Europe and, and the world indeed are, are gaining and they're losing out.
Okay. Uh, Sharon Jones is a Senior Lecturer in Educational Studies at Stranmillis University College. Thank you very much indeed. Your opinions on this are welcome. I'm going to speak to uh, some people who have uh, opinions. Also, Gemma McKenna at Queen's University. Uh, Gemma, I want to speak to you. Um, we were trying to give you a call, actually, at Queen's on a return number. Having difficulty getting through to you, Gemma. If you did want to ring us back, feel free. 028903105. Let me speak to Caitlin. Good morning, Caitlin. Good morning, Frank. Caitlin, are you bilingual? Um, trilingual. Trilingual, I like this. What What are your three? So I study, I'm in final year, just actually finished my exam, so I study Spanish and Portuguese. Very good. And why did you concentrate on Portuguese? Now, that's not one that instantly springs to mind. Yeah, it's um, a strange choice, but I'm, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Um, I did French A-level and Spanish as well. And when I finished school, I felt like I'd taken French as far as I wanted to. And because of the growth in the Latin American economy, I felt like Portuguese would be an interesting choice because of the size of Brazil. And I had a real interest in going there. And so in my, on my year abroad last year, I got the opportunity to go to Spain for five months to teach English and then for six months in Brazil. How good do you feel when you go through the likes of Rio and you can speak to the, the locals? How, 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 how much... You know, how superior do you feel to someone like me who would be pointing at signs in a restaurant? Like, I don't think it's much superiority, but um, I spent six months in Sao Paulo. But it's, you know, this myth that everyone in the world speaks English is just, it's completely that a myth. And um, if I didn't have the skills that I had in Portuguese, there's no way I would have survived the way that I did in, in Brazil. And to actually be able to form more than just communicate, because anyone can point to a menu, but... I can actually form relationships with people that are really meaningful and get through and integrate myself into a community and not only impact the community, but be impacted. And I have friendships, you know, that I have for absolute for life um, with the Brazilians there. And it's all because of the language training that I've had at Queen's. Yeah, so you went through Queen's University and you obviously studied yeah. your languages at school the whole way up. When were you first introduced to any of those European languages? So my dad, actually, when I was younger, um, he read some study or someone told him that if you open a child's mind to a language at the, before the age of four, it opens this part of their brain that, um, you know, otherwise would kind of stay dormant. And so he got a monthly DVD and I used to sit and watch it as a, as a child. And I kind of learned the numbers in primary school, but I didn't have too much um, language education in primary school. But I went to Grosvenor Grammar School and had to learn French, Spanish and German from the age of 11. And it was that that really sparked my interest properly in languages. But I think that formation of language experience when I was so young um, really helped me to gain an interest, kind of more so when I got to secondary school. What an advantage you have, Caitlin. What an advantage. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Connor on this line. Morning, Connor. Morning, Frank. Connor, how many do you have? Um, so I speak three languages as well, like Caitlin. Uh, I studied uh, French and Spanish at Queen's. I've just finished my exams as well. And did you find the exams very challenging? Because some of the young people say, especially at school, the exams are particularly difficult. Could they have been easier? I mean, the thing is, obviously, when you first start a language, it is very daunting. It seems like a nearly an insurmountable task in front of you. But... The more you learn, sort of, the more easier it becomes, and the more enthused that you become, obviously, the more easier that it'll be. Um, grammar, things like that, are something that you just have to learn. But in terms of, 
an exam is really testing what you know. It's not wanting to find out what you don't know. They're not trying to catch you out. So although all exams are going to be challenging, I wouldn't say that language exams are any more difficult than any other exam. And definitely everybody's capable of learning a language. Yeah, I sometimes wonder, am I capable? Because I'm not very musical, and I, I don't have a musical ear, and I, I can't sing, and I, you know, I don't have the ability to, to hold a note. Am I at a disadvantage because of that? Is that maybe why I turned my back on it at 11 years of age? Absolutely not, Frank. I think absolutely everybody is capable of learning a language. Um, you know, learning a language is formulaic, like learning a science or learning any sort of mathematical subject. It's a case of learning your grammar, learning your vocabulary and constantly practicing it. The same as learning a musical instrument. Practice makes perfect, like they say. Um, so really, starting at 11 years of age, it's absolutely never too late. It's not too late for you now to go and pick up a language if you want to. It's one of my regrets, Connor. It really is. And like Caitlin, I have an envy that is being directed towards you and Caitlin. Um, I'm envious of both of you is what I, I should say. Uh, Connor, thank you. Thank you very much. Imagine speaking three languages, being able to arrive in Lisbon or Sao Paulo or, you know, Madrid, Munich, you know, just as you please, just into Paris, speaking the the mother tongue as opposed to groping your way through, as as most of us do. And we all have the opportunity. And some of you who'll be listening availed of it. And you're now speaking to me in French or Spanish, whereas others like me sort of wasted our time, wasted our time. I would say to the youngsters of today, avail of that golden opportunity to the education system. Don't let it slip through your fingers. What an advantage it is to have a European language or another world language indeed. So many Mandarin is coming to the fore here too. Wouldn't it be brilliant to be able to converse in another world language. Uh, this is the U105 phone-in. If you're just joining us, you are very welcome indeed. Got to say good morning to Gemma, who's on this line. Uh, Gemma, you're a great believer that employability is, is is added to by the presence of uh, language and having the talent to display a variety of languages. Absolutely, Frank. Um, I am a graduate of Queen's and I did beginner Spanish there and it was absolutely formative in my career choice. Um, I went on after Queen's and I ended up doing a master's in Spanish and then I went off and did a graduate training program where a local company sent me off to the US on a big adventure selling shoes for cows across all sorts of places. Selling what? What were you selling? Shoes for cows. Shoes for cows. I know who knew. In which language is this now? You're talking to me in English and I've never heard of shoes for cows. <laughs> when it comes to cows and shoes, that's something you do behind a cow. Shoe, go on, yo, shoe, shoe on there. What is a shoe for a cow? I don't know. Um, it's a special plastic shoe so that they could walk when they'd sore feet and then they produced more milk. So I had to do all sorts of presentations in Spanish to the Hispanic community and all the dairy farms across the place. So my Spanish was, who would have thought you would be doing that with your degree? Um, And then after that, I ended up doing a bit of a career change, uh, writing for a wine magazine and traveling all over France to nice chateaus, drinking champagne, um, and all over Spain and speaking to producers from across Latin America. So it really, languages has been phenomenal for me. It's, uh, you know, I'm 
of the mindset whereby the more I talk to particularly younger people on this program this morning, the more I regret my decisions from all those years ago, uh, Gemma. And I've learned something, that there is a business in putting cows shoes on if not here certainly in spain or or or, or elsewhere um Absolutely. it's you're not pulling my leg about that job uh, no i'm not honestly sure you couldn't make that one up <laughs> you couldn't make it up in any language you couldn't lovely speaking to you Gemma. thank you thank you all right all the best there's another young woman advocating learning our languages and hopefully they will continue to be to the fore in the education system. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like as if they aren't to some extent going by that late. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Artist Report.